Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. All right, ladies, today we are sitting down with our very special guest. We have with us Mickey Gardner. Mickey is a certified life and conscious parenting coach, the host of the Co-Parenting with Confidence podcast. Driven by her own struggles in overcoming divorce, Mickey helps moms move past the divorce drama and conflict to become calm, confident co-parents, even without their ex's participation. So, of course, we're going to talk about all of those things, but also really about reclaiming your power, right? Becoming that confident woman at any stage of any relationship, wherever you're at, this is a conversation that you'll definitely want to tune in. So welcome, Mickey. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to be talking with you and your audience today. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. I know we were chatting a little bit before and just kind of getting to know each other and learning a bit more about your line of work, how you got into that. And and of course, I would love for you to share that further with our listeners. So how did you get to where you're at today? Yeah. How did I get to be a divorced mom who's now coaching people? Um, You know, it's, it's a long, bizarre story as they always are, but essentially I never intended like no one ever intends to get divorced, right? None of us get married to end it. So I was very much a perfectionist, uh, very high achiever, all of the things, very driven. And I checked every box on that happy life checklist that there was to check. And I found myself, after all the checking of all the boxes, suddenly in a marriage that no longer was what I thought it was, I had a small child. I was running my own business. I had everything that you are supposed to be happy with. And yet my marriage was in shambles and I didn't even recognize the life around me. And I think doing what all of us perfectionists and people pleasers do so well is, you know, I put on the mask and I tried to fix everything and I tried to do all of the things to make it okay. And sadly, I wasn't able to do that. And so, I found myself at a crossroads where I could either continue to fake it and try to put band-aids on what wasn't working, or I could figure out something else. And so for me, divorce was the option that I decided to take. And I thought that was going to fix everything. Like, okay, this just didn't work. So we'll now check this box and then it's all going to be okay. Well... (laughs) I always say nobody gets divorced, you know, for good reasons, for happy reasons. And so not only was I now having to navigate a new relationship with the father of my son, but I was having to navigate all of the complexities of co-parenting, trying to navigate how do you raise a child in two houses with limited time, with limited resources, with limited support. And how do I still show up as the mom that I truly, truly want to be? And it was a painful road and one that was um, had a lot of ups and downs. And so now, sort of being on the other side a bit, I really have committed and myself and am very passionate about helping women figure out how to navigate that whole journey 
and hopefully do it with a few less bumps than I went through because I felt so alone. I remember the one thing that I really felt was just alone. You know, this was maybe eight or 10 years ago, and there wasn't as much out there as there is now resources, people to help. And so I really love what I'm able to do now, which is to be a coach and a mentor for women and really walk the journey with them so that they can get their feet underneath them and really ground themselves in deciding who they want to be post-divorce. That's an incredible story because you've really kind of taken us back to not only just how you got to where you are today, but some of those pain points, the struggles that as you're walking through any journey, it can feel very lonely and dark and, and especially mm-hmm. when it's so heavy with pain and grief and loss. And so I would imagine that it was a cocktail of emotions, right? And so as you're doing that, rebuilding your life and picking yourself up the best you could with what you knew, while also still trying to put that mask on and pretend that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But inside you, you just know that you're crumbling, you're falling yeah. apart. And it was like, how can you find that support for, for not only yourself, but now using that emotional experience to really bring this into light and make this your purpose and be like, I don't want others to feel what I felt. And so now this has become my life mission. And so you talked about just really how you kind of picked yourself up and how you got to that point, but moving forward now into the space of now I have to deal with this ex and my <laughs> children and how are we going to make this happen? What is co-parenting and and how do you stay grounded in, in the chaos of divorce and co-parenting? There's a whole lot of complexity there. And yeah. I remember as I talk about it now, it's, you know, sort of like it all happened in a moment, you know, but it didn't, you know, marriages and relationships don't start in a moment and they don't end in a moment. It's sort of a span of time. But I remember there was one night that I was driving home and my ex and I had gotten into yet another argument where it went from zero to a hundred in an instant. And I drove home from that. And for whatever reason, it hit me. Is this what I want my son to see as a wife, as a mom, as a woman, this version of me that is so triggered, that is seemingly keeping it together and then so out of control and so up and down and all of the things that I was experiencing. And the answer was loud. And it was, no, you are not being who you want to be. And I went to bed that night. I woke up the next morning. I made us coffee. I sat us down and I said, "Um, let's call it while we still have some, some fondness for one another. Uh, because we are always going to be a family. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know that we will be. And so let's do this together before it gets really ugly. And so that was our starting point. And luckily I had um, a co-parenting partner who didn't know what the heck I was talking about. Neither did I, but he didn't really want to fight either. And so we both knew that we were going into this uncharted territory And it's funny now, we just recently had a conversation not too long ago. He and I remember that time completely differently. I remember it in this like very collaborative fashion. (laughs) He remembers me being the bulldozer that I always am, right? And so it's funny how like looking back, he and I can laugh about it now. But I bring it up because that was one of the first moments when I heard that voice, that knowing 
that I didn't technically know what was next, but I knew in my soul, in my bones, that something had to change. There have been since then many opportunities when I hear that voice. And the more that I can quiet myself down so that I can hear that voice, I know that I'm on the right direction. And that's intuition to me. That's our inner knowing. We all have it. We all have all of the answers inside of ourselves. We just have to learn how to listen. And so while I didn't understand it back then, I was starting to really, when all of my life crumbled, all of the pieces, all of the shiny objects crumbled, it left me alone. And those are one of those moments that I was able to hear. I had a choice. Do I rebuild sort of what I thought or do I start listening to this other version of me? And I'm grateful for myself now that I had the courage, even just in a moment to listen. It really comes in moments. And so that's what I try to do today is to help moms and women really learn how to quiet all of the noise so that they can learn to hear the wisdom that they already have inside them because I don't hold their answers for them. They have all of them. And it's simply my job to offer them the mindset and the perspective to be able to see it and hear it. I love that you brought that up because as you were just sharing that, I was getting a literally a visual of just being in a space and watching pieces fall. And so <laughs> as you're there trying to catch and salvage the pieces as they're falling, this noise, this chaos, everything, right? And as the pieces just finally stopped, there was the stillness because mm-hmm. everything had to fall apart in order for it to fall into place. And it so does. in that stillness, that was your inner voice that had nothing left to shout over. You can hear that little whisper pipe up and say, you know, is this what our life is? What yeah. do we want to do? What are we going to do? And that we voice that's where that wisdom. I love that you share that because it was just so profound because in a similar yet different situation, I'm experiencing that in my life where now I'm in the season where I can, I can metaphorically pick up the pieces and rebuild again. Now it wasn't from a relationship standpoint, but how many times can we pull the parallels from different stories into different mm-hmm. parts of our lives? So this really resonated with me similar yet in a different fashion. So I love that you share that because it is so relatable. And I think even more so as we're in this self-discovery, this picking ourselves back up again, and we're trying to figure out like, what is the process? How do we go about doing that? Like if you could break down that process and like staying grounded and protecting that inner peace, because now that you've had that solitude to really refine and look within is where your wisdom and insight comes from. So what does that process look like? This is where conscious parenting and conscious co-parenting to me really comes in. And if they say, if you ever want to do any amount of really good self-discovery work, have a child or start a business, (laughs) two things will bring up all of your issues. Yes. Okay. On the parenting and relationships. That's kind of where I was at with the business. Like, yes, I just experienced a massive ton of self-discovery and growth after burning down so many pieces of my business, because sometimes it is that weight of holding on to something that once was in that concept of hope that it could be, but the reality Mm -hmm. is showing you what it will be if you keep, if you keep holding on to something. And so, so you just brought something up that is key to 
just life skills, right? Mm -hmm. Like the the things I call them conscious co-parenting. It's really just adulting skills. That's all it is, right? Just learning how to be an adult in the world. But expectations are the one thing that trip us up the most Mm -hmm. because an expectation is simply sort of a movie or a story that we have in our head of the way that things should be. And then there's reality, the way that things are. Right. And we have all of these expectations in our mind. And this is where, with marriage, with children, with businesses, with all of the things, we have these really elaborate sets in our mind of exactly how everything should look and how everyone should act. And if they would just do that, everything would be so much easier and better. But then reality never meets that very, very rarely. And it's the difference between our reality and our expectations that are suffering lies. And so part of the work that I really do, and I think the process is that I help people learn is this foundational principle of what I put into this idea of conscious co-parenting, which I learned from my mentor, Dr. Shafali Tisberry. We really can only change what we are aware of. The first thing is always to understand what is true. What is really happening? Not the story in my head, not all the shoulds, not what everyone around me says should be happening, but what is actually happening. So awareness is always our first step in the process. Once we are aware of what's going on, then we can step into the choices that we have available to us because we always have choices. And this is one thing that I think a lot of us get tripped up on is we don't think we do. You hear it all the time. Well, I can't do that because that person won't let me, or I have no choice but to feel this way because they did this. All of those things, but really, we truly do always have agency. Once we're aware of what's actually happening, now we can step into agency, which is what are the choices that I have available to me? Luckily, the universe made it super simple. We only ever get three. So we can either accept something as it is without anger or resentment, which if you can do that, amazing keep going. Can I change it? Not meaning, can I change the world? Can I change the other person? But can I do something to shift this situation? Can I change something within me to shift? If so, great, you do that. The last option is to leave, either literally or figuratively. The process to learn how to walk through is first just getting yourself aware of what is going on versus the story in your head stepping into the agency because we always have choice. And then the third is learning how to take aligned action. And this is what I call taking 100% responsibility over your 50% of your life, like or or co-parenting. And responsibility, I define as the ability to respond to life. Because if there's one thing I think we're seeing more and more and more is that people are living in a highly reactive state. Reaction often gets, when you think of someone who is highly reactive, it might be the person who's yelling, who's throwing things, who's volatile, right? All of those things. But actually living in a reactive state can also look like avoiding a fight, giving in just to avoid that fight, saying yes when you mean no to avoid the conflict or having loose or no boundaries. That's reacting as well. It's a quiet reaction. And that's where I see so many moms really, really struggling is living in this sort of reaction state. 
versus learning how to become aware, have agency, and take aligned action, which is really all about responsibility. I love that you just talked about those three things, you know, the power of choice, the power of our ability to either react or respond, and then the importance of protecting our boundaries. And I think that all three of them marry each other because without one, the other two don't exist. And so having that synergy between the two, ultimately, as you said, comes down to that power of awareness. We don't know where we're going if we don't know where we're beginning. And we have to accept in that awareness aspect, today is today. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Let's accept this. It's not ideal, or maybe it is. And I think this can work from both ways, is that you just take a look at your surroundings and in your, your presence in this present moment and accepting, okay, it is what it is. Things are great. We're going to keep going. Things aren't so great. What can I do to improve that, change that quality of life? How am I showing up in these situations? What can I personally do? Okay. And then the other option, as you said, is leave. But sometimes we recognize like, listen, I'm very secure in who I am. I know what I want. I know what I'm going and I know what these expectations are. And those aren't being met that's when you have that power to choose to leave. And so I love that you brought this all together because it really upholds these boundaries that we set for ourselves. And I think when we talk about boundaries, there's so many different variables that kind of come into play, which are also your boundaries as far as the terms of how much you are allowing somebody to to take from you, right? So that could be something about the ability of uh, self-respect, self-love, self-care, all those things. Because when we hold those boundaries, we know our standards. And when somebody comes in to violate how we've regulated that thermostat in the sense of, uh, okay, this is the threshold, this is the minimum, and this is the maximum. When, When you've stepped outside those boundaries for so long, and that individual then is showing their true colors and their character of who they are, that's when that bigger disconnect comes in. You're like, well, this is not for me. And then it goes back into that three P pattern. So you talked about those boundaries. And I'm wondering then at this point, how you can honor and uphold your boundaries in your co-parenting, right? In this respect of having another partner in this relationship. And so whether it's through a co-parent or a co-partner or, or any of that kind of just speak into both those, because any partnership requires this. Yes. So I think there's a couple of things I want to say what a boundary is and what it isn't. But the first sort of tenet or law that we all intellectually know this, but we just don't like it. We cannot control other people. Right. Yes. Right. Not little people. As much as we want to. (laughs) (laughs) Not big people, not little people. No, no other people. The only person that you have control over is you. Right. And you have incredible control. Right. Often people hear that and they're like, well, that's just depressing. No, this is the best news possible because instead of focusing all of your attention, energy, and resources onto the other person whom you cannot change, what we want to do is shift the mindset to look at what we have complete control over, which is how you're thinking, how you're feeling, and how you're acting. Right. And those things are what dictate your experience. That is what creates the results in your life. And so when we become more aware, when we start taking more and more agency and more and more aligned action, we are putting all of our power, our resources, our energy, our love into what we have control over. 
And by the way, that is how we become a positive influence on other people. When we are showing up as our most true, grounded, stable, conscious selves, that's first and foremost is what's what do you have control over? And we have to understand that first because you know that's where it all begins and that's what we have to know from the get-go. So I start there. But a boundary, I think boundaries right now are like this hot topic, like TikTok. Yeah, I'm not yeah. on TikTok, but so I hear, you know, it's <laughs> like these bite-sized ideas of boundaries, but it's getting a little convoluted in thinking that they're this way to control other people. And that is not what a boundary is. A boundary, you know, as I've understood it, is I like to think of it as like a property line. It says where I end and someone else begins. So the boundary that I set is about me. It's saying that I'm setting a boundary, meaning what I will do in response to any situation or person, right? And so that's the important thing to understand about boundaries is it's not trying to change the other person or get them to stop doing something or start doing something, but it's what am I going to do when this happens, right? And so one example I can give, you know, often people will come to me and they're really frustrated with how difficult the other co-parent is being. Maybe they get the barrage of, I call them nasty grams, which are the really nasty text messages that just come in like rapid fire and attack you, right? So it's not about saying you can't send me those nasty grams anymore because frankly, they can. They can continue to do it all they want. But it's what will you do when they arrive? How are you going to show up? How are you going to participate or not participate in that, right? So the boundary might be that I do not respond to anything disrespectful, right? Maybe it's someone calls at all hours of the night, right? If you call after 10, I will not pick up the phone, right? It's really about if this happens, I will do this. And that's a true boundary. And that's a boundary that you can uphold because it's all about what you're going to do. Right. I'm so glad that you explain that in a way, because like you said, there's Things can get convoluted online, especially mm-hmm. in the social space where <laughs> things are just taken out of context. You hear snippets and you just yeah. piece it together based off of it, off of your own story of what your understanding mm-hmm. or concept of that is. And so I love that you've really broken that down because it is so true. It's, it's, it's if that, then this, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is the consequence by me taking ownership of how I will choose to either react or respond. And mm-hmm. so if you're reacting, if that means you're engaging and engaging, you're just throwing more fuel on the fire and then exactly. you're getting more nasty and you're going to be blaming your partner for being a jerk. Well, don't engage in that, like protect your energy and protect yourself. And so now that's a way for, by not taking action, that is the response. It says, I'm preserving me. Listen, I know where this is going to go. We've been on that road a million times. We know it doesn't have a happy ending. Why am I bothering? Let's preserve yeah. that energy and fuel into something that matters. Maybe it is about, you know, focusing the energy on co-parenting your child, or maybe it's just about focusing the energy on self-regulation because obviously it's still going to irk you up, right? Like Mm -hmm. nobody likes to receive nasty texts. So you're going to be like, oh yeah, this is time I have to refine. Why am I still triggered? Maybe there's that healing that still has to be done, but it's all about the inner work that is on you. It is Mm -hmm. never about that other person. So when that's hitting some trigger wounds, that's not up to them to fix you. 
that's right. their own own agenda. And if you know they got their own issues, you got your own issues. And it's about recognizing that. And so I love that you shared that. Um, very informative and definitely something that I hope our listeners are definitely taking in account. Be like, whoa, yeah, I didn't realize that I, was showing up that way. Yeah. And I think a lot of, you know, when, when I do sort of talk about this, uh, especially like the nasty grams or the, you know, toxic communication that goes on, the first pushback is always, well, if I don't say something, they're going to win, but win what, right? Because really co-parenting is not about, I see so many really good hearted, loving women letting themselves be doormats because they're trying to keep the peace right? They're trying to just keep everything sort of copacetic and not too volatile and all of those things, or just not engaging, but then they're mad because the other person's quote unquote winning, but it's not about keeping the peace. It's about creating your peace. And so that is really what we have to look at. And there are times when you have to say something and there are times when it is just not worth it, but you get to be the decider of when those are based on like you just said, what are the wounds that need to be healed? Is that something that needs to be verbalized or not? Is there a boundary that needs to be stated? Have I already stated the boundary 10 times and now I'm just back in it again, right? These are the questions that we have to constantly be asking, but we can only ask when we are in a place of awareness. And that's really what conscious co-parenting is about. It's not this idea that you do everything perfectly It's simply that you're aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it, even when that awareness comes after the fact, right? So this is like these three steps are rinse and repeat. We just go back and all the time, right? Constantly back and forth. And once you learn it, it's like a muscle that you build where you become more and more aware. You get quicker and more efficient at figuring out what your choices are and then keeping yourself aligned in that direction that you truly want to go. Yes, and I I couldn't agree more. And and as you're sharing that, I was just thinking, you know, as your partner in this two way street here, if they're not participating in what you vocalize and and stood your ground on your, um, really just your, hey, this is not what I'm going to do anymore. Yeah. So if that's recognizing that maybe they're still hitting a trigger button for you, mm-hmm. maybe then at that point is that when you would suggest it's a, it's an ideal time to look for professional help. A thousand percent. Right. Because I think that's the one thing that I see when, when moms come to me, you know, they say, I just, I keep trying. I've tried everything. I take the high road, but I end up losing my marbles. Right. I end up right back there. Right. I don't know why he triggers me so much. All of these kinds of things, it's these patterns that we fall into. And you're falling into them because we're just simply not aware of what's actually going on. It's like our our focus is being diverted, you know, over here with all the loud, flashy, wild things. But really what we've got to do is focus on those quiet sort of whether it's wounds or the healing that needs to happen or really what is the issue here? Sometimes we don't want to look at what the issue is. But I always say that if you go from zero to 60 in an instant, that is an old wound that just got salt poured in it. And that's why it's like, whoop, up we go, right? When something's like a little bit more of a slow burn, right? That's not really an old pattern. That's not really a sort of, that's something different. And those we can, those we deal with separately. But whenever you find yourself triggered or again, going into that sort of zero to 60, 
you can be sure that that is an old wound that just got salt poured in it. And that is your opportunity for healing. Mm -hmm. Nothing has gone wrong, right? It's just your body's way of saying, hey, this really needs some attention. And I'm going to keep bringing it until it's attended to. And so it's when we want to slow down and look. And sometimes we have to slow down so that we can really speed up later. Yes. I love that you brought that up because it is, um, you know, it really becomes a you issue here, right? So it's Mm -hmm. not about the we and us trying to figure out what is best moving forward and why can't he do this? Why can't I do this? Why? And so recognizing that. So addressing those wounds, those triggers, those things that are just really amplifying you and irking you from that like quick reactionary mode Mm -hmm. that essentially then you're able to not only do that, do your own healing, but now again, it shines a whole nother level of awareness where you can now look at your partner and be like, man, I didn't even know he was hurting in that area. I didn't know because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know until you've overcome that and healed. And now you can look back through a lens of compassion and understanding and whether it's ended on a good term or a bad term, human to human, that's where ultimately we connect. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is a mist on so many levels where it becomes now he against she and he did this, I did that. And so it just still becomes that toxic environment when ultimately the goal is not only for you to find that inner peace and and be content in a relationship where you're both working collectively towards that common goal, which is your child or children. And so sometimes we forget that why are we fighting? What are we doing this for? Mm -hmm. And so going back to what matters most, because if you both have that common goal, Let's create a healthy, loving relationship built around our children. Then from that common goal, you can work on those inner, inner conflicts. And I know that might just sound pretty, you know, easy, blanketed and all that stuff, because there's a lot of work that comes to getting to that point, but understanding that that healing brings further awareness, which then brings compassion and empathy. And that becomes just an asset to your tool belt of like being a loving human individual. Yeah. And I appreciate that you brought that up. And, you know, that this idea of a centered approach with parenting is really important in co-parenting and being centered. It means the children should be in the center, right? Mm -hmm. They're like the sun that we revolve around, not in the middle. In the middle feels like they're being pulled back and forth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with a more centered approach, it's really, how am I dealing with my 50% of this relationship? How am I showing up? no matter what is going on, how am I showing up as the mom that I want to be, the woman that I want to be, the co-parent that I want to be. But I want to talk really quickly about the woman who's listening to this, who says, but I can't have that because her co-parenting partner isn't on board, right? There are many, sadly, many, many, many partners that I see of these beautiful moms who are trying so hard that are absolutely hell-bent on keeping those kids in the middle, using them as pawns who have not started doing any of their work or healing. And when you are co-parenting with someone like this, it is incredibly infuriating. And at the same time, you still have a ton of control over how you show up and your children need one parent who is calm, who is centered, who is grounded. One is more than enough. Most kids don't even get one. So if you can be the one for them that is taking responsibility for your side of the street, not the other person's stuff, 
but your side of the street and showing up with that calm and confidence and groundedness, that is all your children need. But they need you to do the work to be able to get there, to be centered, to be non-reactive, and to be really clear on what your vision is for your family, for who you want to be, and to learning how to live that life, make those decisions um, in a way that's going to get you there. Oh, such such a great, great message right there, because it is, it's so true, because sometimes we can lose sight of what it is we're even fighting for, mm-hmm. right? Like it just becomes you know, yeah. an argument that blows out of proportion. And, and, and anyone listening can probably relate because you get so heated and then you're just like looking at what are we fighting for? Like, how do we even get here? And so again, working through those issues, but again, I love that, uh, your, your analogy with not putting your children in the middle, but centering around them because that way they're not feeling that internal struggle and feeling that they're pulled in different directions. Like, is this now I have to pick between mom and dad. You always got to think of your child because that's what they're going to experience and carry with Mm -hmm. them into their adult life. And so, oh my goodness, we've had such an incredible conversation that I'm so excited to just really share this with our audience because so many juicy nuggets have come from this. And, you know, whether you're a parent or, or non-parent, whether you're applying a lot of what we talked about into your business and your personal life, but more importantly, into the relationships, because those relationships are what drive you to, to become this better version of you. Right. So like you have to create and cultivate healthy, loving relationships that support mm-hmm. you in different facets. So you can, again, go on to become your best and most confident self. So I know as we're coming to a close, I would love for you just to share some additional insights or nuggets you'd like to leave with our listeners. Yeah, I think you hit on something a few minutes ago. And you know, it really is about support. There mm-hmm. is so much more support out there than there used to be. I know that's why I'm doing what I do every day is so that you don't feel so alone. But we are not supposed to know how to do this. Nobody's born conscious parent. I mean, frankly, parenting's like the only thing that you can do unlicensed, unregulated, unskilled. Like this, it's just have at it, right? And they're human beings. And so I think we all need support on many, many levels. And it's not just one thing. Right. I know a lot of people will do therapy. Therapy is amazing. I'm all for it. You know, but if you are feeling called to something and you need support, which we all need support, I mean, I do all the things. I have my coach, I have my therapist, I go to yoga, I'm a meditator, right? I do all of the things to help me stay grounded. Right. And so whatever it is for you, whenever you have that little nudge, you hear that voice inside you. I call it sometimes just curiosity when you're like, hmm, that's interesting. Go, go learn about it, right? Because again, after divorce and as you're going through co-parenting, your lens gets so, so narrowed. You can feel so isolating and it's almost like tunnel vision where really what you want to do is reach out because you're not alone and allow other people to shine their light and help lead the way. I always like to say that as my clients coach and mentors, you know, I work with them once a week on Zoom, but then we also are on Voxer, right? Because life happens in between sessions. And so we need to have all the support around us. But as a coach, I sit on the outside of the forest because you can't see the forest for the trees when you're in it. So my job is to sit on the outside and help guide you. 
right? Help you find your way out, help you find that pathway. And whether it's a coach or a therapist or whatever, I highly recommend that you get support and find different ways, whatever feels supportive to you. Again, if that's going to yoga class, if that's going on a walk, meditation is imperative. You know, all of these things are pieces of the puzzle and we need all of them to be able to really live a whole life of integrity. And so I think that's one thing I want people to know is there is help out there. I know it feels like there isn't, but I promise you there's so much out there. And I did create a free conscious co-parenting masterclass, which is 20 minutes. I tried to make it as short as I could, but it really talks about these three steps that we talked about today. And I would love to offer that to your listeners because I think it's a great way to start to look at a different framework, a different perspective of how can I take control over the part of life that I have control over and really starting to live into life, living joyful, living with freedom and liberation because it's completely possible. Oh my gosh. You are just so generous. Like you creating that for our listeners is just going to really help them set themselves free because it is again, bringing that awareness. And what you just touched upon was just like a great way to really bring everything full circle as, as we're wrapping up our episode, like you just hit us with like incredible insight right there. Like, (laughs) Okay, go back and rewind and listen to all of that. But it's so true because when we talk about support, sometimes it just feels like the people around you don't understand. Or even if you are in a situation where now it's like you got to pick and choose your your people because you built a life with your partner. And so sometimes it feels like they're against you or maybe they're Mm -hmm. with you. And so there can be that intermix too, like even more isolating. Like, yeah, not only do people not understand what I'm going through, but to be a feeling like a burden to, on family members and friends, having them yeah. feel like now they have to pick and choose. And so it could feel like you've just removed yourself even further. And so I think that's such an important note to really talk to a licensed professional to get that deep, deep inner work healing help, but also recognizing that there's support groups you can find everywhere and anywhere. I mean, Facebook to, to, I mean, gosh, I don't know, support groups everywhere that it really bring together community for somebody going through a similar like situation. And so at different stages of one's healing journey, it's about recognizing that there's somebody there that will root for me, that will support me. And I can lean on another takeaway from today's conversation is to instill that confidence to just go at least be curious and explore for options. You don't have to insert yourself into something if you're not ready, but however, there are options out there. And I think that's Mm -hmm. important to note as well. I just want to thank you again for this incredible conversation. And of course, we're going to link your generous offer into our show notes to be ready to click the links there and do all that, but also where and how can people connect with you and, and find more about that offer as well? Oh, thank you. And Rachel, thank you for all you're doing. I love your podcast and your message and your just mission here. And I appreciate it so much. So thank you for the love that you're bringing. I hang out on Instagram. I'm not much of a social media person, but I am there. So I would love to connect with you and the listeners there. Everything is under my name, which is Mickey Gardner. It's M is in Mary, I-K-K-I Gardner. So, and the links will be there in the notes, but that's an easy place to find me, either my website or Instagram. 
Awesome. So of course, again, all of that in the show notes below. So be sure to click and follow and just join in the conversation. If you're not even sure where to begin, ask Mickey, ask myself, we're here. This is what our missions are. Is there really to support you on your journey to becoming your best and most confident self? So thank you so much for listening and we'll be in touch. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 